Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hey, sis. So... I'm super excited to be back in front of the microphone with you this week. Welcome to week three of the social media series and mental health. And this week, I'm going to be talking to you about how to look at people's information to either listen or be critical of yourself. So let me give you some backstory before we hop in. So at the top of October, pretty much end of September, I told y'all that I had a therapy session with my therapist and I was talking to her about um, just as going into entrepreneurship and learning about all this. I have to give a full story time on this whole process because it has been one of the most challenging things mentally. Um, I think that even probably motherhood was still as hard, but I think because I had Nico and because I had a lot of support for people my age who were already moms, I knew how to lean on them. And not to say that I don't have a lot of support now from other people, but this is like a different level of reliance on God that is just so challenging to explain to people. Um, I always tell y'all like it look cute, but the amount of work that you have to put in is so so like not discussed or as like realized until you're in it and so like the storyline that I kind of gave my therapist was I you know I'm looking for different things to improve my business I'm looking for different things to help me in this time what I've realized from that session from now is that learning to give things time is super important especially in anything you do goal-wise But especially as you're learning from people, because a lot of times we're looking to learn something or looking to gain knowledge in an area or looking to kind of solve the problem of what we're experiencing, not realizing that things take time. Like, I don't care. And what I teach in Show of Sis is about habits and routines, that things take time. Like, you're not going to learn everything in a month. You're not going to learn everything in even a year, you may take time to do things, but you got to put in the work. And so as I was talking to her about this, of just like, you know, taking in all this information and learning and trying to implement it. One of the things that she said is, you know, thinking about social media, how can you take the information from the people that you follow and learn and listen, listen to them to learn from them? 
or I want you to ask, she was like, I want you to look at it in the other sense of, are you listening to this information and then being critical of yourself? And there's a big, big difference, huge difference. And then this is going to, I'm going to take a deep dive into being self-critical because I also had this conversation with another amazing podcaster that you all will get to hear soon. I'm going to do an interview with her. We did a podcast consult today and she talked about this aspect of social media that it's almost like even if you just sit on there 30 minutes and take in a bunch of information, the amount of different types of content that you're digesting is so... Um, it just like gives you so many different perspectives and opinions that we don't realize that it can really just like alter the way we're thinking on a lot of different things. And so one of the things I've been kind of discussing with in friendships and even like with myself and reflecting and like reflecting with God is just how to use these things with wisdom, because again, they can be extremely draining. And so I really want to break this down because I think uh, the reason some of us use social media, myself, I use social media to interact with my audience because I love talking to y'all, but I use social media heavily for business and just kind of learning and, um, you know, re like really, really taking in good content that I've realized I probably need to even now in this point in my life, unfollow a lot of people. I even thought of like starting, like I literally been like, I want to unfollow every single person on my, <laughs> y'all that might be extreme, but like unfollow every person I follow and then refollow everybody again, just to get like a fresh timeline because everything feels important or everything that somebody posts feels important or everything that they say feels valid and everything that they are talking about feels good to hear or, or watch or being involved in everyone's lives and like learning that. And although that may feel like, why does that have to be so deep or why does that have to be like that for some people, but for myself and maybe you, that's something I think about is like, what do I really want to take in? And as someone who is a believer I think it's very important that we really look at what we're taking in on a daily basis spiritually, because those things can really impact how we show up for ourselves, but also how we show up in our personal life. And so thinking of the times that you get off social media, what is the difference that you feel? What are the thoughts that you think? Do you even know what you think without having this platform or this thing where you're constantly interacting? And so today, like I said, I want to talk about listening to learn. I'm going to start with the aspect of first criticism. I'm going to kind of go into the heavy stuff first. And then I'm going to end on how you can look at these, um, look at people with the idea of learning. I want to end with that one because I really want you to kind of first see the areas that you're possibly utilizing and um, myself included, everything I'm talking about, y'all, let me also say this, even though I'm giving you this tea, like this is good Lipton, okay? I I don't care who you are. I don't care like who you are. It is so important to realize what you take in. And I don't think anybody can ever say they're not impacted. I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I don't believe that just because we're spiritual, and that we are spiritual believers and we are, you know, that we are not susceptible to the faults of 
um, jealousy or envy or anything like that. And I say that as a means of not saying that people can't be delivered from that, but our flesh is so weak. Like we are so weak. And so when you go through trials and you go through tribulations, when you go through different things, you're, you're, you naturally gravitate to things of this world. And I think when we're not under the temperament of God, we naturally gravitate to things that fuel again, you know, points of pain for us. Like, like I talk about my girls all the time and show up sis, you know, we as human beings don't naturally want to gravitate to pain because pain is always something we want to get rid of. And so we use things like food and sex and, um, social media and clothes to just like hide these things or fill these holes that we have only God can feel. But even when God feels those things, he has to continuously, you know, um, give us that, um, we have to continue to also remind ourselves of our salvation and all of those things since we can lose it very quickly in being wrapped up in the world. I'm not saying losing salvation, but losing that sense of peace because we gravitate to these things And so I don't care or who's to say they're not susceptible to this because we all, the Bible says we're all, we all fall short of the glory of God and all have fallen short. Only perfect person was Christ. And so I think it's continuously going to God It's continuously asking for wisdom It's continuously when you have that empty space that you go to him, but also understanding that nobody's, nobody's ever, I don't think nobody's ever not susceptible to the things of the flesh because we have to bring those things before God. Now, when we bring them to him, we have peace, we have joy, and we have to continuously recognize when we're feeling these things that I'm about to explain. So that way you can go to God when you're struggling. So the first thing I want to say when it comes to listening and being critical is these are some questions I want y'all to ask yourself. Is this making me compare? Is this content I'm taking in making me compare? If it is making me compare, how can I check that? Do I even know what it looks like for me to compare myself to somebody? Am I comparing myself unknowingly? Am I looking at this person with judgment? Am I looking at this person with disgust? Even though I admire their work, I admire what they're doing, but I'm looking at them with such disgust because I don't have what they have. I don't co- I don't have what they have coveting what they have. And so am I looking at them and I'm comparing myself? Do I find that I'm in a place to receive the information to grow? So is the content that I'm listening to, is the content I'm reading, is the content that I'm hearing at a place where I'm at the place to receive this information to grow? Am I mature enough to then start the process of the growth that I really want to do? Am I at the place? And sometimes you aren't and you have to take a step to start implementing things to do. Even the stuff I talk about is habit changing. Like I'm talking about changing things you do on a daily basis to switch it and do something else that's different that you wouldn't do to see progress. Are you at the place to receive the information to grow? Are you taking in that information and then really, really delving into it? Does and so are you mature enough to receive it? And is it causing you to be critical of yourself? Or is it too is it too far ahead? Because sometimes, and I realized this in business as a very like budding entrepreneur in the beginning of my business, there was no way two years ago I could have told myself I'm doing what I'm doing now. I just didn't have the bandwidth. 
I didn't have the capacity to handle what I'm doing. I didn't have the capacity with working with full integrity of like me honoring my customer's time. Like I probably would have been disorganized. I didn't have the proper systems in place to handle the amount of influx of, you know, what I'm dealing with. Um, I wasn't at the place to receive probably something an entrepreneur who was four years ahead of me was talking about because I wasn't at that level. And that's fine. Sometimes we have to understand that somebody who might be at a different place isn't necessarily saying anything bad, but they're at a different level of maturity where I can, I probably am not at the place to fully receive that. Perfect example of this is for those of you that have been in therapy, you notice that when you go to therapy, your perspective shifts a lot. Then when you start having conversations with friends, they be, you begin to see, oh, we can't have this conversation because you're not even at the mature space to understand what I'm talking about. No shade to them, but you've grown out of a space that where you're that you're at a different point. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just they may have to go through their own healing process to understand what you're talking about. So the language is different. The bandwidth is different. The capacity is different. But what happens is we become critical of ourselves and we say, well, I'm not there yet, so I must be bad. When in all actuality, the real thing is that you're just, you have to become and understand that things take time and that at that place, you may not be quite at. It doesn't mean you don't need to learn about the information. You can eventually get there. But understanding that um, taking it in and then doing something with it, you may not be at that place. But beating yourself up in the interim only does more of a detriment than good. And those are things that the enemy will utilize to make you feel bad. Whenever all actuality, you're not really bad. You're just learning. So going into the next thing, does this further uh, make me feel bad about myself? Do is what I'm hearing or what I'm reading or what I'm listening to make me feel bad? Is this edifying me? Like, I think we really don't understand the power of, of encouragement. The Bible literally says that we should edify each other. The Bible talks about put away all like harsh words. And so the power of talking um, powerfully and encouraging people and building their faith and offering compassion and offering um, maybe a point of correction or discipline. And when I say correction, I'm using it as a piece that drives us to repentance or drives us back to God, not causes a shame. And so when I'm talking about shame is there's a lot of places on social media that offer a shameful, like you're not doing your singleness season correctly, or you're not relying on God in this way, in a good way. This is why you're at this point. And I think I say that as a means of shaming is not powerful. Shaming is demeaning. But also there is some, there are things that, again, going back to a level of maturity, if I'm at a place, I think about this and I say this all the time, we have to understand where people are. Paul talks about um, if he had to become a Jew he was going to become a Jew. You have to meet people where they are. And so there are a lot of times on social media, these messages can be very confusing and shameful because it feels as though we are doing something wrong when all actuality is we really need encouragement. We really need compassion. We really need to understand the love of God. When I talk about self-criticism and what I researched on this, y'all, self-criticism has a lot to do with having low compassion and low, 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 not really understanding 
um, a low sense of self. When you feel low on yourself and somebody is further making you feel bad, that's not compassion. That's not building up. That's not edifying the body. And truly, that doesn't really help people make them feel like they're working towards in their faith but that they're not good enough. And so what does that do? That makes us stay away from God even longer because it's like, well, I'm not doing anything right. And so how does that make you feel good? It makes you continue to feel bad. Even when I was um, used to do therapy um, back in 2016, when I first left grad school, I would have clients who were extremely depressed. And I'm not going to tell a depressed client who literally struggled to get out of the bed to come to my session I'm not going to say to them, oh, you just need to get out of the bed and put clothes on. And it's like, that literally may be work to do. It may be work to get up and brush your teeth. And so we would start very small. And I would say, what is the thing that you can do right now? What is the thing that you can do in this moment to start the process of working up? Like, what do you need to do? Is it, you just need to, um, take your feet and put it on the floor and then get back in the bed. Just the act of putting your feet on the floor in the morning. Is it you need to, instead of putting your feet on the floor, maybe grab your phone and turn on worship music just to set your atmosphere to start getting up. Is it you set a timer and once your timer goes off, you get up and you go get in the shower. Like what is the way that we can offer slow? Because sometimes people need that level of compassion. Sometimes God is chasing us down And we don't realize he's just trying to show us a high level of compassion, but we run away from it. And so and so I think a lot of times we don't realize how much compassion people need when they're going through something. The next thing is, does this make me feel helpful or bad? So this goes back to what I was originally saying. Is this making me feel like I'm being helped or am I feeling bad? And this is where the mute button and the unfollow button can go into effect. If something's not helpful to you then unfollow if it's not helpful to you mute I say this all the time and I said this on the first podcast if someone is hitting at some insecurities that you have it's okay to mute them until you feel better and I say that to say because you would rather be in a better place emotionally to um get on the platform and not feel like you're being shamed or feeling bad and I don't again I don't think these people are doing this on purpose even I may make that many people feel that way that is a projection that I don't receive as far as it being something I'm doing wrong but I know that sometimes there may be on both sides it may be both it may be something that somebody might be saying that's out of you know their confidence or whatnot but I and I and it can feel shameful, but and it can be it's all based in our perception. So what we receive in our perception is based on our experience, not the person that's putting out the information. If we receive it that way, then we have to understand that it's us that has to work through that. But that also may mean we may not line up with that person, and that's fine. So, and there's also people that don't always operate within high integrity either, and can be very shameful. But some people receive better that way. Some people receive better when they're talked to in a way that may build them up in a way that somebody else who may not. For example, there are ways that I thought maybe I need a thicker layer of skin. But I also have realized my maturity level over time. There are certain things now people can say to me that I really wouldn't care. Whereas maybe higher in a, 10 years ago, somebody said something, I would literally shrivel up versus now like I probably wouldn't care and so there's just different level maturities as you grow but does this make me feel bad or is this helpful 
And the last thing, what has God confirmed for me? What does God's word say about me? One of the conversations I had with my mom recently, um, I, as a 31 year old, I have learned from my own relationship with my mom that I have really come to feel empowered and finding my identity within myself. Um, that there are a lot of things I don't share with my mom out of me wanting to learn me wanting to just kind of learn on my own, not really get her feedback. One, because my mama is very, she cares a lot and she can overshare (laughs) and give so much information out of wanting to help. But there was a recent time where I went to her and I kind of just shared my heart to her and she was like, well, you got to really get into your word. You need to really pick up um, your word and your Bible and really get into what it is saying and talk to God about what you're feeling. And I do. I think there probably could be a little bit more effort on my end to be a little bit more intentional about reading the word. I've been reading the word lately with the intention of not really having an intention, just wanting to know about God. But what I found was that I really do need help in this season currently with scriptures that are going to feed my spirit and what I'm exactly struggling with, which I know what those are. And so her in turn was people need to read their Bibles. We have become so comfortable with not picking up our word out of um, comfortability, just truly like convenience. We have the Bible app on our phones. You can Google anything. And so we feel like, oh, it'll always be there. But what happens to your spirit when you don't receive anything? You become dry. You become, you feel this, feel like there's a hole. And it was an interesting thing because God brought this to my attention uh, last week. And he was, you know, sort of correcting me on my perspective of talking to a lot of people about you know, giving yourself grace and reading the word. And what he brought to my attention was that, you know, the enemy always plays upon our emotions and plays upon our feelings. And what he was showing me was that when we don't spend time with him, when we don't get in front of him, we don't lay our burdens down to him, a couple of things occur. We begin to feel that emptiness. We begin to feel, I won't even say empty, but we begin to long and yearn for that time with him then when we don't when we don't spend time with him we're missing out on the comfort this is the scripture when jesus was talking to me was talking about um come to me all who are heavy laden and i will give you rest for my burden is easy and my yoke is light and i asked the lord i said what does it mean by your burden being light and so i was brought to a video i'll link it down in the show notes where it talks about the yoke that is put on an ox and so when a yoke this is why it's always important to also know that two should not be unevenly yoked this is why so when a yoke was put on two oxen one oxen was more mature than the other one in the scripture it talked about how jesus said come to me all who are heavy laden i'll give you rest and it also said come and learn from me So Jesus was offering an invitation to not only come bring our burdens to him, but also come learn from him. And in the in the the description of the ox, when I was researching, this was one ox is more mature than the other one so that the weight of the ox, the one that was more mature, could handle the weight of the pulling of the burden or the thing that it was carrying or pulling on. And the other one could just kind of walk with him and train it up and all of that. 
And so what happens is when we become, and so what God was showing me is like when we carry all these burdens and then give them to God, he then takes the weight of it and carries it as we walk with him. But when we don't spend time with him, when we don't give these things to him, when we don't bring it before him because we might be going through a trial, we then carry the burden that God is really supposed to be and designed to carry. And so with this burden or these feelings, that's where the emptiness can come in. That's where the feelings of distance can come in. That's where the feelings of we yearn for God's presence because we've experienced it. We know what it feels like to feel light. We know what it feels like to have peace. When we don't experience peace, we know what it feels like. And so a lot of ways we press on ourselves to spend time with God and we get very overwhelmed when we don't spend time with him we're not making time we're busy we're doing all these things and so God was just showing me like the intentionality has to be there like people can't get lighthearted with the convenience of having the Bible before you and you don't actually do anything with it or spend time with God or intentional about it and so one of the things I've talked to clients more recently about and I don't know if this is you all as well is they, um, a lot of them say, well, I can't get up in the morning and spend time with God. I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. And so when I ask them like, okay, well, what time are you going to sleep? And they're like, oh, I'm going to sleep at midnight. I'm like, well, the problem isn't really that you're not making time for God. Well, you may not be making time for him. You're not going to bed at an early enough time to get rest so that you can be rejuvenated to actually sit in front of him. And so your body is so tired that it's literally sleepy. And so, You got to make more efforts to be intentional, not only within your time, but also making sure you get adequate rest so that you're not tired. So these are small tweaks. And so when I say, what has God confirmed to you? You may not even know that because you're not spending time with him. So it becomes easy to then to drive to everybody's message or everybody's word because you aren't even getting it from God yourself. Um, And there might be passages you follow. If you feel like you're getting fed from them, great. But take that word and then go apply it. And so when we're talking a little bit more about being self-critical, um, self, self-criticism means in definition is a mental habit of negativity, analyzing and judging ourselves and our actions. Self-criticism is the desire to protect ourselves from being judged, rejected or criticized. And so instead of us doing it to other people, we do it to ourselves. This is rooted in fear. This is extremely rooted in fear. And so when I was doing research, um, people, they did a lot of studies on people that had, that were really self-critical and what they did different research practices where they had um, a control group and then they would have somebody like the testing group where they basically went to a mirror and they talked bad to themselves. And what they found was that those people were less resilient. They were less assertive. They were more submissive, sad, and ashamed. So when you are very self-critical, you become less assertive. You can become extremely shameful, um, ashamed. You can also feel very, very submissive and you're less resilient. And so when it comes to this, I think that we have to recognize that with self-criticism is this inability to understand that we are called and literally loved by God so much and you you know you get to a point to where you um follow the Lord but then you so quickly forget um because of this feeling of talking bad it's like you're it's just a negative self-talk 
It's a negative talk towards yourself that you constantly do. And so I want to bring up a scripture that talks about this um, in even more depth. And I'm going to explain this. It is Galatians 6 and 1. And it says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you will live by you who live by the spirit shall restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you will also be tempted. So this talks about how one, when I was saying earlier, none of us are susceptible to temptation, sin, whatever. Our flesh is weak, period, period. It also says watch yourself. But I want to go back. It says that if someone is caught in a sin, if someone is caught in this place of sadness or just overwhelm and temptation or whatever they're experiencing, the Bible's resolve is to literally restore that person gently. And so a lot of times as we are um, going through something or in a place where we're away from God, and I know myself included, I'm constantly having to just continue to come back to the father constantly, sis. Okay. Like, like, listen, I like, I know y'all listen to me. I know y'all hear what I have to say. And I pray that you always test the spirit. I pray you always go back to the father, even when check what I say. Um, but even then understand there is no, there's no scale. There's no like better in God's eyes. There's no scale of any sort because I'm susceptible to temptation. I'm susceptible to any fault even just as you. But the Bible says literally that we should bring these people up gently with compassion. When I looked in, in other translations, it says meekness uh, and that's gentleness, that's kindness. And so I'm going to tell you how these compare with self-criticism in a second. But in understanding this, a lot of times too, when you're on social media, you can feel like, well, I just need somebody to say something to me that's going to just get me in, get me in there. But a lot of times we need gentleness. We need, gen- we need gentleness. Jesus came to the disciples a lot with gentleness. And he would say stuff that would make them think of like, oh, you have little faith. Like, did you not understand that? But in any time that Jesus asked, they asked Christ a question, he immediately went into a story to give them a teaching. It was gentle. It was kind. It was meek. It was to help them learn and understand. It wasn't this beating on the head at times that we can get from so many people out of, you know, out of just, you know, what they've experienced, but also again, maturity levels, whatever. But the Bible says to come at with gentleness and really understanding this meekness. And so how does this tie to self-criticism? So when I was doing a lot of the research, a lot of the research tied compassion, self-compassion to to ourselves. And so how we can really understand self-criticism is really first understanding that what do you tell yourself? I never do anything right. I'm nobody's going to be interested in my ideas. Nobody's going to like what I do. How critical is that of yourself to think those things? How do you um, set the bar too high? How do you have these high expectations of yourself? How do you continuously compare yourself to people? You blame yourself for things that, that are wrong when in all actuality really may not be your fault, but that becomes the resolve instead of somebody else taking responsibility. They may gaslight you and make you think it's your fault when in actuality it really may not be your fault. You may not have quote unquote done anything wrong, but it becomes a shoulda, woulda, coulda, or you shoulda did this. Or why would you ask that question? Or if you had never did that, this wouldn't have happened. It's just like, that's so self-critical. You reject compliments. 
um, you really, really get down on yourself. And some of this I'm, I've gotten from this article that I'm going to link below. But what I found was that when people were critical of themselves, like I told y'all earlier, they become less resilient, less assertive, more submissive, sad, and ashamed. So you have a low sense of self. How can you be kinder to yourself is what I always tell people. And so the first thing and one of the I'm going giving from this article because I thought this was so good and I want to give them credit. But the first thing is having stopping your negative thoughts. The only way you're going to stop your negative thoughts is to go to the truth. That means get in your Bible, combating the word with truth, combating the word with confidence, combating the word with what it says. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He will bring into you remembrance things that Jesus said. How can he bring remembrance to things that Jesus said when you don't even know for yourself because you're not in your word? And saying that to say, you got to get in your word. Like you have to, you have to understand that the only, the only resolve we have is to get in our word, is to be able to understand that this is the truth and we can only rely on it because us within ourselves, our fleshly men will always tell us lies. The enemy will only tell lies. He is carnal. He is fleshly. He is the father of lies. And so we have to hold strong to what the word says because the word is true. Literally. Proverbs 3.26 says, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. If the Lord is our confidence, how are we relying on the Lord to be our confidence? Literally. Proverbs 14.26 In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence and his children will have refuge. First John 3.21 Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Psalm 71.5 For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my confidence from my youth. Philippians 1 and 6 For I am confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Literally. And so understanding this, you have to combat the negative thoughts with the truth and true thoughts. The Bible talks about in Philippians, whatever things are true, whatever things are hopeful, whatever things are of love, good report, like think on these things. We have to, re- to dwell on the truth. The second thing I would say is in this, in this, um, um, article it says be realistic what is a way that you can be realistic and really assess your expectations of yourself you put a lot of pressure on yourself that's one of the things I'm working on is giving things time sticking with it one of the things my friend who I was talking to earlier we did a podcast console she said just as much as you've given I've been with Nico now for 10 years almost 10 years next year it'll be next august it'll be 10 years we just cross over our nine months we've been to i mean nine years we've been together almost four years married if i stuck out this relationship this long the benefits of me sticking this out is we don't really argue that much and we have ups and downs and we get, i get irritated with him but we bounce back pretty quickly why because i've been with him so long i understand how he is to where early in our relationship i we, i would get mad at him over the littlest thing he would say I'd be like you are so mean now I understand he's just a very confident person and he's not a BSer. And so now I can walk with that with confidence because I stuck this out. And so a lot of times we have to stuck to stick things out and give them time, but a lot of times we're not so realistic to 
understand that things take time and that we're learning just like y'all have to stick out therapy like again I've been in it four years it's still something I'm learning it's still something I'm walking through the a lot of the resolve is me getting in front of the Lord a lot of the resolve is me really being intentional about my reflection time a lot of my resolve is when I'm in a busy season to rely on those that I love to pray for me and me come and speak and say what I feel it's really getting in front of the father and being realistic about this is a learning season. The learning seasons are tough. They don't feel good. They feel horrible. Okay. Avoiding perfectionism. I know this to be true. It's a constant slippery slope. This is why you have to bring it before the father and also understand that perfectionism isn't real. It's never an achievement to get to. Nothing is going to be perfect. Nothing is going to be in your eyes the best all the time but looking at things as good and seeing them as good and knowing it's good enough is okay y'all know how many grammar errors i have when i send emails out to my email list so many grammar errors so many but a big part of me making sure that i understand that grammar is not my biggest strong suit and i'm not gonna not send an email because my grammar is not that great i'm gonna still send an email and I talk how I write too. So that doesn't make it any better because my grammar talking is not that great either. But avoiding perfectionism, just giving, taking the weight off, taking the weight off. Okay. Again, stop comparing yourself to other people. Really get solid in your identity. That's really hard to do when you haven't been solid in your identity or maybe have gone through trauma and your maybe our identity is, you know, being revealed from going through these things. Like, what do you really want? You may not really know that right now. As a 31-year-old, I'm still discovering this. So my people who are like 24, 25, 26, sis, like take the load off. Take the load off. Even if you're single, I have friends who didn't get married until after me. And they were like 29, 30. It's fine. It's going to be okay. One of my friends got married after me and just had a baby. Like, it's okay to have a baby when you're 30. It's okay if you don't have a baby when you're 30. It's okay if you don't have kids at all. Like, it doesn't make you incomplete. And so we got to really look at this and understand, like, don't compare yourself to people because there's all, even when, even when you're comparing yourself to people and you get all these things, there's still going to be, if you're not satisfied with that, there's still going to be something else you want. You may want more money. You may want um, a nicer house. There's something, if you're not satisfied, if you don't check it under the will of God, you're always going to want for something else. And there are married people who wish they were single and there are single people who wish they were married. And so I think we really have to understand. I'm not saying that I don't wish I was single. I, I, I don't wish I was single. I'm very thankful. Okay. Sis. But I say that to say like the desires doesn't like, you just got to really understand your lifestyle and understand that comparing yourself doesn't do you anything. My therapist said comparison is a thief of joy. It takes your joy away when you compare because you become self-critical. You feel worthless envious powerless prideful you are prideful when you compare and pride is very very like overwhelming and so one of the other results is journaling getting out what's out of your mind why are you critical what is it that makes you so critical do you feel like you're not accomplished did you go through a rough season are you really trying to walk this walk of faith out because this walk of faith is rough doing things the right way with god is not easy Y'all, it would be so much simpler for all of us to give up on this walk of faith and do the things the world says we should do. It would feel great to do that. But you know what? When you experience God's presence, 
you if you go back into the world you're gonna always feel a void that you want filled there are times where it's like I don't have the words to say to the father and I feel the void I feel the feel the thing that's missing because I really need to be before him and really need to just like lay my burdens down and go back to him or say what I feel but sometimes when you are in the walk it is very hard you're doing things the right way you're constantly checking yourself you're checking the word to make sure you're in line and in order and those checkpoints are necessary but they are challenging because it's totally against whatever God is whatever the world says it's totally against it It's easier to go out here and scam people. It's easier to go out here and do whatever you want to do. It's easier to go out here and make a whole OnlyFans on your feet. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously. And so, those of my people don't know what OnlyFans is, don't worry about it. It says don't Google it. It's not a, you know what I'm going to say? It's not a good, because I don't know. But just don't, don't even worry about it. But in saying that to say, I should edit that out, but I'm probably not. I say that to say, it's important to understand Y'all, if you listen to this, DM me and say, girl, I heard your OnlyFans comment. <sighs> Just let let us laugh in the DMs together, okay? But I say all that to say, like, it's easier to give up. It's harder to stay in it. But what's the reward you want? What's the reward you want? Do you want to see on the other side of healing? Are you trying to get to the other side of joy and really understanding what that looks like? And then last but certainly not least, and in, in going into going and using social media as a means to listen, to learn. I want you to really look at this with the perspective of how is this person's information and content inspiring me or helping me? When you look at things with the eyes of help, it changes the way you view content. It changes it with the attitude of I really want someone to help me. I really want to take this information and learn. I want to take this information and be inspired. There are bouts of that. There's ups and downs with that. But when it becomes overwhelming, how can you take a break? I talked about that last week. What did I learn or take to apply? You may be inspired by somebody, but still may feel some type of way. But take the information then and just apply it. Or take what they're showing you and just be like, man, they are so on it. And just again, when you're looking at it in the eyes of this, when you're looking at it in the eyes of help, when you're looking at it in the eyes of God is using that person and helping them and God bless them, they're giving language. Like one of the things I say with this podcast is my podcast gives language to people. It gives them hope and language to something that they probably would have never even thought of. I recognize that it's a burden for me to hear women say they don't understand or not really understand or prioritize their mental health. I do what I do and I help in the way that I help because I know what it felt like for me to have these thoughts and these things and no one understand what I felt like it, 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 I knew when I started the podcast, it was God, I know I'm not the only Christian that has anxiety, but at the time, no one was talking about this. No one was talking about anxiety, depression, mental health for Christians almost four years ago no one was talking about that and so I'm coming up on my third year of podcasting when I started it wasn't Jesus in therapy it was Rosalind was paying for counseling and she had to walk through the process so you don't have to do this by yourself and not do it where you don't have a sister that's gone through with you 
And I say that to say like y'all are coming on the cusp of understanding this. And some of you may know it even in the time frame that I did. But I want you to be empowered. I want you to have language. I want you to go to God and say, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm, I'm understanding that I'm critical of myself. I'm understanding that I have rejection issues. I'm understanding that I have abandonment issues. How can you be Lord and Father in my life? And so, you know, my my joy is to see you heal. My joy is to see you go to therapy. My joy is to see your life be changed because of it. Okay. And then last but certainly not least, plan on how you want to do it. So how do you want to utilize this platform for your greater good? Maybe you get on there in doses and hand, and use it for that. But also I always send it, say then, what are you learning? Using it to listen to learn, not listen to be critical. So that's all I have for you this week. We are in almost our last week of this series. Um, and then I will be bombarding y'all with a bunch of literally phenomenal interviews i have been like doing interviews on the side and in the background for a little bit of time and i've been revving them up for the holidays um i feel like i'm gonna take a break from podcasting for myself for a little while just me it may only be like a month y'all but i have some amazing um podcasts coming out after this series is over just on faith, on business. I have some girls that are going to come and talk about their testimonies and what they went through with therapy. I just have some bomb interviews. Y'all are going to be introduced to some amazing, amazing women. And I cannot wait for you to hear, hear them. So definitely follow me on Instagram. Um, subscribe to my email list, your freebie. You get a three free, uh, mini course when you join my email list. I send weekly private podcasts to my email list every Monday, along with a bunch of other goodies. Um, And I hope that this was helpful to y'all. And I love you. And I'll talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.